What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Frenzy Podcast. My name is Ben Petalera, and I'm your host. I'm joined here, as always, by my very special co-hosts, Robert Armstrong and Tyler Master Marino. Boys, week nine action coming up. How are we feeling? We are feeling great. Yeah, I mean, me and Robert killing it in our league right now. We're, we're on top of the world. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. I don't think we've ever really had like such a gap in the league. I think you guys are both seven and one, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen that before. Um so I mean, yeah, kudos to you guys. You're doing something right, but Bonnie and Clyde's coming, so watch out. Um anyway, like I said, a lot of um a lot of games to talk about this week. I'm excited to get into those. We'll start our Thursday show as always with our ascenders and descenders. Um Again, these are people, uh, we'll go through each skill position. These are players that we think are either ascending or descending in the league moving forward. Um, So our guest won studs and duds on Monday, and Rob, you went first last week. So Tyler, I'll start with you. Um, Who will be your running back ascender for the rest of the season? Well, mine's going to be a little bit biased. It's Josh Jacobs. And this is due to the massive volume that he received last week. He had 31 carries. That's absurd. 31 carries, only 129 yards, no touchdowns. But that offense is rolling. That sheer volume is enough to make me think he's going to see better days. He's going to get more fantasy points, more touchdowns, maybe more catches out of the backfield. But probably around 10, 15 minutes ago, he just got listed as a did not practice. So... That's something that I'll have to monitor throughout the week. I Maybe it's just a maintenance day. I'm not too concerned about it right now. But other than that, he's my sender. All right. That's fair. Um, I Yeah, I have the same issue when I'm going through, like, not finding bias towards my own players. Um, today, I couldn't decide if I more didn't want to talk about my own players or didn't want to talk about Rob's players because we always do. So... Um, I found a way around that. But, Rob, we'll go to you next. Um, you're running back ascender for the rest of the season. It's weird because I, I was going to say <clears throat> I don't have a single person um, on my ascenders or descenders uh, for the first time, I think, all year. So you guys are having trouble finding people not on your team. I, this is for the first time I'm having people that aren't on my team. But my running back ascender uh, is Zach Moss. I know we just talked about him studs and duds, so I'm cheating a little bit mm. here because we already um, talked about him. But... I mean, in any case, he's a rookie. He was projected to maybe take over at some point this season. He was less likely to take over um, just because Singletary is not very old either. But uh, there was still a chance he was going to take over. People drafted him um, mid-rounds just, just on that chance. Didn't pay off. But last week, had 14 attempts on eight, uh, for 81 yards, two touchdowns. Um, actually wasn't in the receiving game where he was the week before against the Jets. He only catches passes against the Jets. Uh, but they've unfortunately played them twice. Uh, but no, I think I, I'm obviously biased in the sense that I just don't like Devin Singletary very much um, no. watching him play. Anytime, anytime it cuts the, the Bills games on red zone, I'm never happy with what Singletary is producing. So I think that there's so much room for Zach Moss to step in and take the role. And even if they split carries now, um, I think Zach Moss outside of Josh Allen is the goal line back um, over Singletary. So he's at least going to get the touchdowns of the two. Similar to what I said in Studs and Duds, but that's for that reason I'm also 
going to put him to take over because the coach is going to see touchdowns and start getting more volume sort of thing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, obviously, like you said, we talked about him in studs and duds. So, you know, we've kind of been saying all year how the, the I guess the transfer of power was going to come and maybe this will, um, maybe this will be the week for that. My guy, um, Kind of a change of pace on this team. I'm going to go with Naheem Hines. Um, obviously, you know, especially last week, I talked about Jonathan Taylor in this bit and how they have a friendly schedule the rest of the way. Um, and Jonathan Taylor still, you know, has not pulled through on that performance that we're looking for. Um, on the ground, you know, Naheem Hines didn't do much, but he had the two touchdowns through the air last week. And I think that, you know, he's definitely someone you can flex every week, but I'm going to give, I almost chose Jonathan Taylor again for this just because of the opportunity and the schedule, but I'm going to go with Hines. But this week here is like, you know, kind of a last chance um, for Jonathan Taylor till I get it right. Or, you know, I'm probably going to be out on him or like flex for the rest of the season. Cause he is just not proven what he, he has not done what he was supposed to um, coming into his rookie season. So that's why I'm going to pick him there. Um, Rob, I'll go right back to you for your running back descender for the rest of the season. So hear me out on this one. I have Jonathan Taylor. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I was hoping you picked, I was going to tell you to pick me, but then I wanted to see if you did it anyways. Um, and for that reason, one, not even Naeem Hines. He's always been the pass catching. They haven't really changed that. Um, he only had five carries, Naeem Hines, that is. Um, however, Jonathan Taylor banged up, um, has a leg injury I saw, so you don't know if he's going to miss time. He wasn't doing that well before he missed time. Like, I think Tyler was the one that mentioned he doesn't have over 70 yards in the season um, in a single game. So that's not very good, and he only has two touchdowns in the season, so he doesn't make up for it touchdowns. He's not like a goal line back that, that you know, steals maybe like one or two yard touchdowns here and there. Um, and then the biggest concern on top of that because of the injury was Jordan Wilkins. Um, who yeah. stepped in and had 20 attempts on 89 yards and a touchdown. So did something that Jonathan Taylor hasn't done all season, get over 70 yards, and then also got a touchdown. And I know it was a big blowout win for them against Detroit, so there was obviously plenty of running opportunity. Um, but like you just said, Ben, the opportunity was there equally for Jonathan Taylor. Um, and he didn't take advantage of it. Even before he got introduced, only averaging two yards a carry. Um, and, and I think he's still got a future in the league. I think he's still crazy good. Um, but there's no reason for the Colts on where they're at right now to not just run all three running backs each week. Um, and for that, like, for where he got drafted, probably, like, you know, running back, not two, but he was fourth round, um, I think, in our league. So that's just not very good, and I think he's just going to get a lot still stolen from Wilkins and then obviously can't get in the pass game because Hines has that on lockdown. Yeah, that's fair. Obviously, we're on the same page there. Um, I did have Taylor on my descender list. I have a few wow, options. Wow, same here. <laughs> he, he was one of them, but Tyler, I'll let you go first. Um, you're running back descender. All right. And I went on a little rant about the Kansas City Chiefs running backs last week, so I'll go in a different direction this week. I'm going with Todd Gurley. Mm. While he has produced all season long, and last week he saved his day with another touchdown, which he's scoring touchdowns like crazy this year. I believe he's averaging a little over one a game, just over one a game. But a big concern last game is that he just kind of disappeared and the team went with Brian Hill. Brian Hill had 11 carries last week for 55 yards, which was outproduced Todd Gurley, who had 18 carries. And another major concern for Todd Gurley with me is he's had a, a small amount of targets this, this year, which is always good to see. But last week he didn't have any 
And that's just not something I want to see out of Todd Gurley and just the emergence of Brian Hill. I know you made a joke about it last week before the game started. You said, watch out, here comes Brian Hill. And I was just like, oh, that's not happening. And Listen, lo and behold, I don't, it did. I don't talk carries. just to hear myself talk. Yep. 11 carries, 55 yards. That was more than Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley just had the touchdown to save the day. I still think he's going to be very reliable fantasy-wise, but he's not going to produce at the quality he's been producing all year. Yeah, that's fair. I think um, he – I did not have him on my list. I thought about him, but I think he has some favorable matchups. Um, but I think you definitely make a fair point there. Um my guy, I'm going to go with here, Tyler. I promise this is not spite for last week, but I'm going Joe Mixon. Um, <clears throat> I just, I mean, I haven't owned him this year, but between the the slow start, I mean, he has had a couple decent weeks. Um, but obviously he's injured right now. Um, Giovanni Bernard has come and filled in nicely, and now moving forward he has... Pittsburgh twice, Washington, Baltimore. So just defenses I don't want to be starting him against. Um, obviously, you're going to roll him out because he's their RB1 once he is healthy again. But he's, for me, it's just, there's just not enough there. So he's going to be my descender running back for the rest of the season. Yeah, actually, um, I traded him away in a different league. So I'm kind of there with you. Okay, that's fair. So I guess we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Um Tyler, I'll go back to you here. Your wide receiver ascender for the rest of the season. Uh, I got a couple guys that I really like here, but I'm going to go with Mike Williams just okay. because Justin Herbert is a star, an absolute star. I mean, Mike Williams had his one big game where Keenan Allen kind of got injured early in the game, and Mike Williams just absolutely took over. But this was the first game where both him and Keenan Allen produced. Mike Williams had five catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Keenan Allen, nine catches, 67 yards, and one touchdown. So both had great fantasy days. And that's kind of what I was waiting for, both guys to produce the same week. Keenan Allen's still obviously the number one wide receiver and the one that I want in that offense most of all. But Mike Williams is creeping up there as a good play. Yeah, that's fair. I think we, I think I had him a couple of weeks ago after he had that big week, um, and you harped on me because of Keenan Allen. So I, I appreciate Keenan's you kind of, <laughs> you appreciate you kind of back backing me up here. So that's fair. Um, Rob, I'll go to you next. Your wide receiver ascender for the rest of the season. I have one. Um, I don't think I'd ever say a name from this team, but it's Sterling Shepard. Uh, yeah, uh, I got him too. So I, I mean, he's, he's he's done really well. I mean, I think we forget about him because one, the Giants are so forgettable. Um, and then also he, he obviously got injured for a month. Um, so anytime a player misses a month, especially a player that's, you know, not one of the big, big names, um, it's always easy to forget about him. But, you know, since coming back from injury, he had six catches on eight targets for 59 yards and touchdown against Philadelphia and then eight catches, 10 targets for 74 yards. So he's getting targeted a ton. Those are two as bad as Philadelphia is. Those are two good pass defenses. Um, the Bucks have actually been a lot better than past this year than they were um, last year. So for him to get eight catches for 74 yards, that's still a decent fantasy day without the touchdown, especially for someone like Sterling Shepard, who, you know, is never going to be a wide receiver one or two, but, you know, especially in a league like ours that has a double flex, we're looking for any, like, wide receiver who can start on bye weeks, and I think he's a big, big one going forward to do that. Uh, it is the Giants, so you always have to be careful. Uh, they have a tough matchup with the football team, uh, who's actually a solid defense this week. But uh, I think Sterling Shepard... Will will continue to have a good amount of catches each game, and, and so PPR leagues, he's definitely a start, even with Golden Tate kind of 
you know, playing well last game. And I think if you saw his celebration, basically said, give me the ball. Um, so he wants to get involved more. And they just picked up Dante Pettis. But I think Sterling Shepard's still number one in, in, um, in their eyes for their wide receiver. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Um, now you're making me feel bad. The value, well, not the value, but like, the, yeah, I guess the value you chose in yours is way more upside than mine. Um, but I guess that's fair. And I know I said I wasn't going to talk about someone from your team, but I am. Um, my guy's going to be Terry McLaurin. Um, and hear me out. He scored his first touchdown this week since week two. Um, and he has seven receptions for 75 plus yards over the last two weeks. Um, Kyle Allen's hitting his stride as well. Obviously loves hucking the ball to him. They have a favorable schedule. They played Dallas and Seattle um, down the line in Detroit. So I think, you know, as good or I guess consistent minus week five as Terry McLaurin has been, I think there's another gear. And I think him and Kyle Allen are about to hit that. So I'm excited to see what happens with them moving forward, aside from when I play you, Rob. Um, moving right along, wide receiver descender, Rob, I'll go right back to you. Okay, I was trying to see who Terry McLaurin played against um, you. Oh, he's a uh, you can't see it. Oh no, it's Detroit. Detroit. So unlucky, unlucky for you. But no, my wide receiver defender is someone who I dropped. So I can I can try to say um, that I, I I saw this in the future, but it's Hollywood Brown, um, and it's really not his fault for that. Um, I think he's still incredibly talented. He's still young, um, still got plenty of time. But the Ravens just don't know how to throw the ball. Like they there's not much going on in that offense. Like I know he had. So the week after I dropped him for for record, he did have six ca- six catches for seventy seven yards and a touchdown. So I'll take that. But last week, um, had one catch on two targets for three yards and a touchdown. He's playing his best Mike Evans performance. Um, <laughs> and, and and then even then he has decent targets, and then like the catches just don't match with the targets. Um, each week I think I saw a stat. I was when I was looking him up. I was looking at Hollywood Brown earlier. I saw a stat. He's like the the percentage on times he's thrown to versus times he's it's a catchable ball uh is is one of the lowest in the leagues so it's not like again it's not his fault it's not like he's dropping passes and that's why the targets to receptions are way off it's that um it's basically become lamar jackson's just like safety valve to just throw the ball and not get a intentional grounding is is what hollywood's turned into so lamar is the top running back on that team because he runs the ball so often they hardly ever throw even in the pressure situations they were in last week against the steelers lamar was running on the one two and even like any time in the red zone lamar was running it so there's just not a lot of opportunity for Hollywood to even do anything at this point in the season. So I'm just going to have to say him for a descender because I know, I think Tyler picked him up. And there was definitely some plus side when you picked him up, but the the Ravens just don't look like they know how to pass. Taking shots at my team, I see. I'm going to change <laughs> my guy then. Let me start looking through your team. Oh, hey, <laughs> Metcalf. I'm changing my RB to Senator Dalvin Cook. And Alvin hey, Mara. listen, last week was attack on Ben week. Now it's attack on you week, apparently. <laughs> So, Tyler, it's your turn if you want to change your pick, but um, your wide receiver descender for the rest of the season. I won't change it because I feel so strongly about this, and my descender is going to be Mike Evans. We've mm. set him on descenders plenty of times, and he did that. He had a couple of really bad games against Green Bay and the Las Vegas Raiders, but he just had a good game against the New York Giants, so I feel like it's valid to say it again, that he will descend from that. He had... Five catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown without Chris Godwin and without A.B. Chris Godwin is looking like he's going to play against the New Orleans Saints, and A.B. is going to have his first week on the team. And Tom Brady absolutely loves A.B. He's going to feed him those targets. 
there's not enough targets to go around for Mike Evans. Even on that good day, he had five catches. That's not a lot for the number one wide receiver in the offense. And Brady's just going to keep spreading the ball out. He has a few tough matchups coming off, coming up uh, weeks 10 through 11. And then I guess week 12 as well against KC. And then he has a bye week. But he does have very good playoff matchups in Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit. Those are very juicy matchups, but I still see him underperforming a little bit there. And I'm panicking on Mike Evans, <clears throat> but I'm keeping him for the playoff matchups. That's it. Yeah, I think that's fair. And <clears throat> at this point in the season, the matchups, especially into the playoffs, are something you really have to look at, which I kind of do with my guy. I'll jump right in is DJ Moore. Um, he only had two receptions last week against Atlanta, which was kind of jaw-dropping considering the matchup. Um, he only has three receiving touchdowns on the season. Two of them came week seven against New Orleans. Um, obviously, we've talked about Robbie Anderson a lot, um, and then Curtis Samuel was kind of the star of the show last week. I don't necessarily see that being the case moving forward, but they do still have to play Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Washington, and Green Bay, um, which are all you know, not ideal matchups for wide receivers. So I think all those things considered, he's going to be my wide receiver descender for the rest of the season. Um, Tyler, for tight end, I'll go right back to you, your tight end ascender for the rest of the season. I'm going to go with Noah Fant here. And I feel like this one's going to be pretty evident next week when he plays Atlanta. I think he's going to have a boom week next week. But last week he had seven catches for 47 yards. The seven catches is a career high for him, and he looks very healthy coming back from the injury. Tim Patrick, the wide receiver for the uh, Denver Broncos, may be back, but that offense has looked pretty good. I'm, I know they started off a wicked slow last game, but they made a great comeback, so that shows a lot of promise, and he still has has some great matchups. The next three ones, Atlanta, that's the boom game. Las Vegas is another pretty good matchup, and Miami is another good matchup. So I think he's due for some big weeks in the future. And I believe, is he on Rob's team right now? Yep, of course he's he starting is. for me because Kittle got injured. Take it back. <laughs> no, that's that's it for me. That's, he's my ascender. No, that's fair. Um, Rob, I'll just go right into you then. Um, if you want to add on him or your, your share your tight end ascender. No, I just the reason I like Noah Fan so much too is he's actually awful at blocking, so they just don't even have him block, so he just goes out for a pass every single play. <laughs> even if it's a running play, he just runs out for a pass still, so he gets plenty of opportunities. But no, uh, uh, we were mean to Ben last week. I'll be nice to him here. I have TJ Hawkinson. Uh, so I just nice love Matthew time. Stafford. We've talked about him a few times, so just Matthew Stafford and that Lions offense in general. Like Anytime we talk about the running backs, we somehow get on a tangent about how, how, how good Matthew Stafford is. Specifically me, I just love... Um, how he plays. I know he might be out this week or he might be playing on no practice because of the COVID situation. Um, so I don't know this week if he's going to be good or bad. Um, it obviously depends on how Stafford is, but I, TJ Hawkinson is like actually like a really top tier tight end um, with a top tier QB. So it's just a good matchup there. I mean, he's had touchdowns in, in three straight games outside of last week, but last week, you know, he doesn't get a touchdown, gets seven catches on 10 targets, which is huge for a tight end for six to five yards. So I can only see that going forward. Um, the Lions are good enough to be in games but not good enough to be like dominating games and having their running backs just take 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 the game away so they play the vikings this week this should be a huge week if stafford plays um and then and then the rest of the schedule is not bad for them 
Um, so yeah, TJ Hawkinson for tight ends now, if you look at his rank, is definitely going to be going up. Yeah, um, I had TJ Hawkinson as well. I'll just kind of expand on what you said. <clears throat> Excuse me. He had he has 12 receptions over the last two games, like you said. 10 targets last week is obviously fantastic. Um, obvious concern because Matthew Stafford might be out this week, so it'll be Chase Daniel, um, which, you know, we say all the time that, you know, newer backup quarterbacks like hitting tight ends because they're just massive targets who catch the ball every time. Um especially with Galladay out this week for sure, unsure about week 10. Um, he'll be someone to lean on. And then their schedule the rest of the way, I mean, like you said, he didn't score a touchdown last week, but he had seven receptions, uh, excuse me, seven receptions for 65 yards, which is a very respectful day for a tight end against Indy, who's the top tight end defense right now. Um, so you like the look of that and how it, you know, how it, will make him perform moving forward against other teams who don't have a strong defenses. So that will be my tight end ascender. Um, Rob, I'll go back to you, tight end descender for the rest of the season. So I avoided saying any Cowboys um, for wide receiver because I just felt wrong. But I couldn't I couldn't hold myself back for Dalton Schultz. I looked. I didn't know. Uh, I, was, I wasn't going to pick him, basically. But he was position ranked 14 um, for tight ends, which is, which is pretty high, obviously. We talk about, you know, for tight ends, especially now with Kittle going down. Um, and then Ertz going down and Goddard, like those two being constantly injured. 14 is actually pretty high um, for a tight end, and, and one that would be normally a streamer option for tight end because because like around the top 15 for tight ends is pretty good. So I, I was surprised to see he was this high because we've kind of talked about it before not being too high on him. But uh, I think he's just going to descend. I mean, how do you get better when Andy Dalton's out another week? They don't even want to put Ben DiNucci in. I think it's Garrett Gilbert is going to be the start of this week. They're just pulling out QBs I've just never heard of before. Um, so as the QB situation and the Cowboys fall apart continuously more, I think Dalton Schultz also gets the brunt of that. Uh, he only has one tight end, uh, one touchdown on the year anyways, um, but has had a few weeks with some decent yards. But yeah, to see the position rank 14 threw me off enough that I had to put him in the center because there's just no chance he finished the season at 14 or higher. Yeah, no, I mean, not much more to expand on what you said, but obviously considering the state of their offense, it's a it's a fair pick. Tyler, I'll go to you next. You're tight end descender for the rest of the season. Oh, and I don't feel too strongly about this one, but I'm going to go with Tyler Higby here. I think he's, he's tight end 16 on the year right now, and I think if you take out that one big game where he had three touchdowns, he's probably like tight end like 36 or something crazy. But right now, he does have Seattle week 10 and week 16. You can play him those weeks, specifically because Seattle's defense is so bad, but I'm not even considering having him rostered on weeks outside of those. He's not worth keeping for those matchups. In a game where last week... Tyler Higby only had two catches, and Cooper Cup got targeted 21 times. And Jared Goff was just throwing the ball like crazy, and Higby only got targeted a small amount of time and only made two catches. He's only had one game with more than three catches this year, and that was the big one where he had the three touchdowns. He just hasn't produced. He's already pretty bad, but I feel like he's still on some people's rosters, and I think outside of the Seattle games, you should drop him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <clears throat> I agree with you. I really don't think I have that much more to say. My guy's going to be, and this hurts to say, my guy's going to be Jonu Smith. 
from the Titans. You know, fairly well. Three touchdowns for the first two games. He's only had two since then, and they both came week five against Buffalo. Um, over his last two games now, he only has three receptions and does not have any touchdowns since that Buffalo game. Um, Ryan Tannehill is just, you know, really only looking towards his wide receivers of late. A.J. Brown, obviously Corey Davis last week we talked about in studs and duds. So, you know, unfortunately for well, not unfortunately for me, but unfortunately, John Smith for me is going to be my tight end descender for the rest of the season. Um, now we'll go to quarterbacks. Tyler, I'll go back to you. Your quarterback ascender for the rest of the season. My ascender is going to be Daniel Jones. Just based on the fact that watching the last game against Tampa Bay, where I thought the Giants were going to get absolutely destroyed, he played great. And I mean, you can't really descend from here. He's the 26th ranked quarterback, and he's thrown two touchdowns in the last two games. Managed 20 fantasy points for the first time against Philadelphia. And he's, the Giants have looked all around pretty good. They got their running game going last week a little bit. I think Sterling Shepard has really helped out that offense. He's fully healthy now, it looks like. And I think there are better days ahead for the Giants. I still don't really want to own any of them. I'm not starting Daniel Jones quite yet, but he plays Seattle Week 13, just like I said with Higby. Seattle Week 13 and then Dallas Week 17 if you have that matchup in your playoffs if you play that long, but he can't go down, so I think I'm pretty safe with this pick. All right, that's fair. Rob, I'll go to you next year, quarterback ascender for the rest of the season. So I, re- I really wanted to say Justin Herbert because he's he's only position ranked 12th, and I think he's gonna he's easily going to slide his way into the top 10 by the end of the season um, with the way he's playing and their, mat, uh, their schedule, and that's the whole offense clicking. But I won't say that because it's not really that big of a move. I was just looking, and I just saw Big Ben was at position ranked 22. Um... And that Pittsburgh team is just too good. That offense has actually been doing well. Um, it seems it's so hard to predict with the wide receivers, as you know, Ben and I know, and Tyler with between the three or the three or four receivers that they've had, we've talked about a few times. Um, we just don't know which one's going to pop off. But the fact that one pops off every single game means Big Ben has to be thrown to him. Um, so I saw him at 22, and there's just no way he stays all the way down there. He's down there with the likes of Baker and Cam and Fitzpatrick. Obviously, there is going to be dropping down further. So. Um, I just think with their their schedule is tough, but they've also got a wet, they got out of a lot of division games already. The last couple have been in division games. They do have to play Baltimore one more time, football team, um, but they could blow that game out. So you never know with that one. And then Cleveland, who he struggled against, they don't play again until week seventeen, which most leagues you're not going to be looking at for week seventeen. Um, so I think overall, I think he just he just has to go up from there. And and that offense looks good, and you know they they remain to be undefeated. So we'll see how long that goes for. Yeah, that's fair as well. I think that's a good pick for me. Now, and don't harp on me here. Especially basing off the game that he just came off. I'm going to go Carson Wentz here. I'm going to give him one more chance um, for a few reasons. He'll have Miles Sanders coming back next week. Spread the field in that regard. Dallas Goddard's back. He'll have Zach Ertz back at some point. His weapons are returning to him. Um, He is the wide receiver nine right now. And then looking forward to the schedule, they play the Giants. Um, the Seahawks, Arizona, Dallas. So definitely a favorable schedule for him, plus the arsenal of weapons he'll be getting back. Um, You know, kind of ignoring the week he just came off of, I'm willing to give him one more chance and take him as my ascender for the rest of the season. 
definitely not starting him on my on my team over Kyler Murray, but I think he could be someone that could be utilized, especially depending on the matchup. Um, Rob, I'll go back to you here, your quarterback descender for the rest of the season. Uh, I have Ryan Tannehill. So you had Johnny Smith. I had um, Ryan Tannehill. So he's not going to be bad, but the Titans went off to such a hot start, and he was playing so, so well that I think it's very hard for him to replicate that, those performances. He's ninth-ranked um, QB right now. So he's top 10 basically in every league outside of you know an eight-man league. He, he should be owned as a, as a top 10 QB. Um, but they do have to play the Colts twice still. They have to play the Browns, who played against Big Ben very well, the Ravens. Um, and then, you know, if you want to hold on to him, bench him, because you come back for the last games of the season against the Lions and the Packers, which and the, or the Jaguars, Lions, Packers. So playoff-wise, Tannehill might look good, but I think for the rest of the regular season, yeah, he's got the Bears as well. Like, I mean, there's just it's just very tough matchups. Um, and even though he has both of his wide receivers back, you mentioned John Smith maybe losing because of those wide receivers. I think overall... They're just not going to be the, you know, they went from 5-0 and to 5-2 and real quick um, and losing to the Bengals. So them as a team are going down, and I think that's just going to hurt the value of Tannehill. And he plays some really tough defenses coming up. Yeah, so Tyler, I'm just going to let myself go here because I also had Ryan Tannehill. I actually almost tied it into my Johnny Smith pick, but I didn't want to do two at once. Um, you know, I don't really have much more to add on to that. I would, you know, looking at the schedule, like you said, Chicago. Um, the Browns, Indy, Baltimore, Matt, pair that with John Smith not playing well. Um, I think it's just a recipe for him to be, I mean, obviously, like you said, he's still top 10, should be owned, but I just think there's some dissent for him coming up. So I, I had him as well for those reasons. Um, so Tyler, we'll let you wrap it up here with your quarterback descender for the rest of the season. I will go quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Ouch. Yep. He was my other one. Started off super hot, MVP caliber, and then the past four games, not so much. Past two games specifically, he has not had a passing touchdown. Now he gets Seattle and Arizona week nine and week ten. Those are good matchups. I'm playing him there. No no concerns at all. He could go back to the 25 points a week fantasy quarterback we're looking for. But after the bye week, it gets scary. He gets the Los Angeles Chargers. I think they've underperformed this year. I think they're a pretty good bat- pass defense. But then the real problems come here. Week 13, he plays San Francisco. Week 14, Pittsburgh. Week 15, Denver. And week 16, New England. Those are not good playoff matchups at all. We're going to see after the bye week how Josh Allen plays. But I honestly think people with him keep an eye out on streamer matchups for those weeks. Because I think... To me, week 16, there's no way I'm playing Josh Allen against New England. Absolutely not. New England has his number. We just saw it last week. Even though they put up plenty of points, it was the running backs. And that's another thing, the running back emergence of Zach Moss and even Singletary. I know Rob hates him. Singletary played all right last week. Zach Moss is going to eat into his value. Diggs is still a great pass catcher. Josh Allen's going to be able to feed him these next couple of games. But after that, I'm looking in other directions specifically for the playoffs, 14, 15, 16. I might take a chance and play him against Sam Fran, see how he does there. But if he does poorly, that's when I'm going to start to panic and look for streamers during the playoffs, which is not something you want to do with a star quarterback. Yeah, I don't think that's an unreasonable pick. I know we've talked about him here a lot in the past couple weeks, you know, for all the reasons you said. 
and it's kind of tough to see. I mean, in my opinion, at least, you know, he's a young quarterback, came into the season with a lot of promise, started off very hot, like you said, and um, has kind of, you know, tapered off since then. I mean, you want to see him do well and be successful. So, you know, hopefully you can pull it out, but your analysis that um, is definitely fair and something that I think we all agree with. Yeah, I don't so disagree. I mean, look at my bench. Oh, sorry. I, I, I said, I said, I don't disagree. Look at my bench. I already got the guy ready to go. That everyone <laughs> yeah. should have already had on their bench for a streamer option for playoffs. He's got easy matchups in the playoffs, and he loves to huck the ball. Yeah. So hope you know. Hope I'm already Josh Allen. Sorry. Oh, I said I was already. I'm already Stafford. Prepped. Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. But yeah, again, like I said, hopefully Josh Allen can pull it out. You know, young talent. Um, so we'll see what he can do. That will wrap up Ascenders and Descenders for the week. Um, we'll now go into our game preview portion of the show. The first game we'll talk about, obviously, Thursday night football. Tonight we'll see the Packers at the 49ers. Um, Packers 5-2 and two going into this game. 49ers 4-4. Four and four. Obviously, big story here is the, <clears throat> excuse me, the injury implications for the 49ers. Just injuries on injuries this week. Um, we'll save that for the analysis. But, Rob, for this game, talk to me. Um, obviously, like I just said, the, the 49ers injuries. I mean, Jimmy G's now out. George Kittle's out. The wide receiver core is decimated by either injuries or COVID. Um, so are you expecting anyone on this offense to be productive this week against the Packers defense? Um, the Packers defense hasn't been great. So, I mean, there's a chance. I just don't, I couldn't tell you right now who's that's going to be because I think, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a big game from either Ross Dwelly or Jordan Reed. I think the tight ends are going to have a bigger, bigger role, especially with Kittle out. You know, Dwelly didn't look bad last week. And then um, I think he looked better with Nick Mullins coming in from Jimmy G. And, and obviously Nick Mullins has to be the one going forward because Jimmy G's out for a while. I actually just looked at their wide receivers. They just activated Kevin White from their practice squad to playing tonight. So he literally went from practice squad to playing in one day. Um, so that tells you everything you need to know. I think we don't need to – I'm not going to try to throw a dart and say which one's going to catch the ball, but I think I think it's easier to say that the tight ends are going to be much more involved, um, as they usually are in the 49ers offense anyways. And I, I think Dwelly's going to be the one because, you know, Jordan Reed actually looked good before he got injured, but that's essentially Jordan Reed's career in a nutshell. So Yeah. Boys, boys, boys. If you're listening, I don't think we're going to get the pick out in time, but we are putting a Kyle Hughes check player prop down tonight. He is getting in the end zone. No doubt about I never, it. I'm, I'm, I'm betting it right now. Yep, absolutely. I am a psychopath. I obviously did the two touchdown prop again at plus 4,000 because I'm an absolute looney tune. I just <clears> love <throat> this guy. Such a good player. So underrated. He needs to get the ball more. You are kind of a Looney Tune, but we'll let you get one pick out now. Um, Tyler and I almost got like thousands of dollars during the Super Bowl from Kyle yep. Shushik, So they, I'm not uh, Kyle disagree. Shanahan cursed him by not giving him the ball on the one to get him two touchdowns. Kills me. Still kills me. I lose sleep over it. I, I'm sure you do. And then on the Packers side, obviously we just found out Aaron Jones is going to be playing Devontae Adams as well. Um, Rob, I'll stick with you on this game. What do you... Obviously, Aaron Jones is going to be, you know, somewhat limited um, just to make sure they don't injure him again. So for this offense, what are you expecting against this 49ers defense? The defense of the 49ers is is pretty much as decimated at, at times. I mean, they've started to get guys back and then obviously guys like Bosa are just going to be out the whole season. So I don't know what to think. I mean, the 49ers have somehow found a way 
um, to kind of keep the ball rolling. I know they're four and four, but they're also in the toughest division in, in all of football. So like they've also obviously had division games that are tough. Beating the Rams is huge. So they've they've found a way to fight. Uh, so there's a chance it could struggle, but like I I mean the the Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams is never just is never gonna be stopped by any team fully. Uh, so I still think that there's tons of value in the Packers offense, um, even against the 49ers defense, even if they're good. Uh, I do think the 49ers could somehow steal this game just because, you know, the Packers look bad past or they've they've looked bad um, on the season at times. Um, and the 49ers, like I said, they just seem to rally um, even without anyone. And I actually think Nick Mullins is the better quarterback than, than Jimmy G outside of Jimmy G having like one comeback week after his um, first bench benching. Uh, he's not looked very good. And Nick Mullins has actually come in and, and moved the offense a bit. So I do think the Packers are still gonna be fine. Um, even without their run game, even Farron Jones isn't a full go. Um, if he's limited, you know, they can, they still have backs there to fill in the role um, and run it just enough that it opens up Devonta Adams. Who? Never heard of Who? that guy. He's decent. Uh, yeah, Tyler, I'm sure you have never heard of him. Um, no, I think that's fair, and I'm excited to see this game kick off very soon here, so I'm sure we'll be reviewing it in our next show. Next game I want to talk about is the 1-7 Giants going to the 2-5 and five Washington football team. Um, obviously, for this game, Tyler, we just talked about Terry McLaurin, but for the ground game, Antonio Gibson and McKissick, what are you expecting out of these guys? I mean, you're you're not starting both, I assume, versus Giants defense, but what are your thoughts around those two guys for this game? Yeah, there's no way I'm starting both, and I'm I'm definitely willing to start Antonio Gibson in this matchup. I think it's going to be a pretty good matchup. The Giants really don't have that good of a defense. They've played pretty well this far, but to me, the last game Antonio Gibson played, he had 20 carries. That's enough volume for me to start him, without a doubt. But the defensive streamers are the way I want to go in this game. Both sides, both QBs will turn the ball over. Antonio Gibson is not a star running back. He's not going to absolutely torch the Giants, but he should have a very solid day here. And then, yeah, outside the pass catchers, I'm, I'm maybe the tight end. I forget his name. What is it? Logan Thomas. He should be a pretty good option if you're looking to uh, start somebody if Kittle just got injured for you. But other than that, no interest in anybody else. No depth guys for Washington for me. Yeah, and then for the Giants, I feel like this is a quick discussion, but are you rolling anybody this week? Obviously, the Washington football team is, you know, one of the stronger defenses. So any of these guys appeal to you? No. I I mean, I like Sterling Shepard as an ascender, but not this week. Probably do for a bad week, but if anybody's going to have a big game on the Giants, it'll be him. Okay. That's fair. Next game I want to talk about is the five and three Bears at the five and two Titans. Obviously, this will be a good game. We've kind of had some implications about this, Rob. Derrick Henry and um, AJ Brown, or you're def- obviously assuming Derrick Henry to eat against this game. But for the Bears' pass attack, um, what are you expecting out of the likes of AJ Brown, um, Corey Davis, and Johnu going into this game? Bearing in mind we just talked about him and Descenders. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be tough to get all of them involved. I think there's still room. Um, you just never know with this Bears team what you're gonna get. Um, if the offense doesn't perform, the Titans defense can play here and there. They're not very good. Um, they're pretty bad actually, and we 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 talk about them as plus matchups for a lot of teams when they go against them. Um, but you know the offense is still good. If the Bears offense doesn't put it together at some point this season, um, the defense just gets on the field so much that there's still very much room to score on the Bears. 
Um, I don't think there's enough value there to, you know, Corey Davis is one that when he came back healthy was in, available in a lot of leagues. I think we suggested to pick him up. Um, and I definitely still stick with that suggestion, but it's one of the, one of those games I wouldn't start him or Johnu to be honest. I think you have to start AJ Brown as, as the number one guy. Um, and obviously Derek Henry. Um, and I've talked about Tan Hill as a descender. And I think this is one of the games that we mentioned for why he's a descender. So I'm not too confident on the offense, but I think there's still value that I'm not worried about AJ Brown. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then on the Bears side, obviously we just found out Jadavion Clowney's not going to play. So David Montgomery and Allen Robinson, I assume you're rolling both of them out this week. Yeah, I think Clowney helps um, David Montgomery a ton. Uh, he's actually looked decent at times and, and, and bad at times in Montgomery, but I think he's overall looked a lot better than what he was last year. Um, and, and it's helped the Bears offense kind of just steady the ship when they've been bad. Um, so I, I, I think... You know, we talked about the defense not being that good. I think Clowney being out helps Montgomery even more. And then, yeah, I think there's still... I mean, the offense has to get right at some point for the Bears, at least enough. I um, mean, this is, this has to be one of those games because the um, Titans are allowing 277 yards passing against them. So if A-Rob doesn't have a good game, I'd be very shocked um, just because he is Nick Foles' favorite target. In their bad games, he's still finding fantasy value. So, yeah, I'm not worried about them. And I think, you know, that, that loss of Clowney makes Montgomery an easier start. Um, if it, most people probably who have him would have had to start him, but um, definitely makes it an easier start. Yeah, I think that's fair as well. Um, next game I want to talk about is the three and four Detroit Lions at the Vikings, who are two and five. For this game, obviously, we talked about uh, Matthew Stafford might not play this week. So Tyler, TJ Hawkinson, obviously kind of a, a favorable matchup, but un- uncertainty around the quarterback situation. So what are you going to do with him and Marvin Jones this week, knowing that Kenny Galladay is not playing? Yeah, and Galladay being out is the big factor for me. This Minnesota defense isn't great. If Matthew Stafford played, this would have been a very exciting fantasy matchup. I would have loved to have smashed play everybody here. But I'm definitely still going to roll out TJ Hawkinson. He should get plenty of the targets. This offense should still be able to put up points against Minnesota. But Marvin Jones, I'm a little more hesitant about. He was already kind of like a flex play even with Matthew Matthew Stafford in the lineup. So I think I'm bumping him just down to like a wide receiver, wide wide receiver three, wide receiver four play. And he still might sneak into some lineups. And I understand they're playing Minnesota, but I'm not putting him in yet. Yeah, that's fair. And then on the Vikings side, um, Tyler, I know we obviously Dalvin Cook should feast again this week, much like probably not to the extent he did last week, although who knows against the Lions defense. But um, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, are you confident, confidently rolling both of them out this week? Not confidently, but I'm definitely rolling them out. I mean, Rob's a Justin Jefferson owner, so he's Justin Jefferson's going to have a terrible week this week. But I'm looking for a big bounce back game for Adam Thielen. He only had three catches for 27 yards last week. We've seen a couple duds so far this year against good defenses. Green Bay has a very good pass defense, and Jari Alexander just shut him down. He should have a big bounce back week this week. All right. I, yeah, I agree with your analysis as well. I think this is a favorable matchup for this whole offense in general. Um, you know, I think they go up early, and then that's where Dalvin Cook really gets his value. So we'll see how this game plays out. Next game I want to dig into is the Panthers at the Chiefs. Um, the Panthers 3-5 and five going to Arrowhead. Um, obviously, the Chiefs are seven and one, having a great year. Rob, we've talked about the Chiefs' run 
uh, running attack a lot, um, especially around Clyde and how the utilization hasn't necessarily been there because it seems like Patrick Mahomes is just, you know, getting all the attention, which you'd expect with a quarterback of that caliber. Um, obviously, as we know, the Panthers are one, not are one of the worst run defenses this year. So are you expecting um, Andy Reid to utilize Clyde Ridge-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell more this week, or do you think it'll be more of the same with Patrick Mahomes? I, because all signs point to it being um, Clyde Ridge-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell, I'm going to go with no, he won't use them because that seems to be the, the theme of the year. Uh, he uses them in games that they, you know, wasn't favorable matchups and then favorable matchups, you know, against the worst defense last week and against the rush, um, doesn't use them or one of the worst defenses doesn't use them at all. Patrick Mahomes does five touchdowns. So I really, it's too hard to tell. And I, I, I don't envy anyone that owns both of them or, or one of them, um, because it's just so hard to tell. Um, I actually do have Clyde in another league, so it, it's been tough, um, for me there. So I think you have to start him. I think that offense is too good. Panthers aren't that good. Panthers have struggled. I mean, like you said, they're a bad run defense. It's one of those situations where if they do bad, then you can just yell at Andy Reid. Um, and if and if they do well, then you're like, well, I, I kind of knew. I think you just have to start them because every, all signs point to they should do well. Um, oh, I should say Clyde. I don't know. Le'Veon Bell's still getting worked in the offense more and more, so I don't know if it's a must-start for him or anything like that. But I do think the rushing game is still going to be good, um, or should be good. So, yeah, start them. Yeah, I agree. And then... For the Panthers, obviously, big news. Christian McCaffrey expected to return this week. Um, obviously, Mike Davis was kind of an easy descender, but actually none of us went there. I think we did last week in anticipation of CFC, uh, excuse me, CMC coming back. But talk to me about his return this week. Um, obviously, the Chiefs run defense, not fantastic. So what are you expecting out of his return? And then, you know, obviously moving forward for him as we look towards the playoffs. Yeah, the Chiefs actually allow more um, rushing yards a game than the Panthers, so they're, you know, in that sense, they're a worse rushing team. Um, Fantasy-wise, I think the Panthers are the worst rushing team, but are worse of the two. Uh, so there's definitely value for CMC there to start. Obviously, you're going to start him out if he's healthy at CMC. It's not even a question, but um, I, this will be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously, still coming back from injury, if, if the question was all week whether he'd play, it's one of those situations like Aaron Jones tonight. Um, how much are they going to play if they if they are available? And it looks like he will be available, so he will play. But, you know, Mike Davis wasn't bad. So I don't think they're going to be afraid to throw in Mike Davis for multiple drives, a full drives or, or a third down here and there, first down even. Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to be afraid to take CMC off to rest, just get in the game, get to, get to game speed, um, and, and, and not risk injury because there's really no point where the season's at to risk CMC getting injured again. Um, so I, I still see Mike Davis having some value and not dropping. Like I know he's a he is a descender, but he's just not like somebody you just drop. Ha- always having hand handcuffs good, and he's one of the best now. He <laughs> just became one of the best handcuffs in the league this year. So yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just really am interested to see how it plays out because I know we've mentioned multiple times that does CMC not become the autom- automatic number one RB um, when he's healthy. Yeah, and I think we talked about that last week, especially how there's, you know, almost not time for him to catch up in the rankings. Um, you know, moving forward, certainly there's that opportunity, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they work him back in and what the split, split looks like for Mike Davis. Next game I want to dig into is the Jaguars. Um, shockingly, looking at this, the Texans are 1-6. in six. Um, The Jaguars are also 1-6, in six, but... Tyler, on the Texans, we've kind of talked about them a lot and how they had a you know terrible start to the season, got the win, and it just not has gone has not gone well since then. Um, 
you know, what do you diagnose the issue with this offense? And then, you know, looking at this week, you know, obviously Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller talks of trading him last week, which didn't happen. But what do you, you know, what do you expect to happen moving forward? And then this week against the Jaguars. For fantasy purposes, I absolutely love this Houston Texans offense. Deshaun Watson has thrown for 300 yards and then over 300 yards for the past four games. So there are plenty of yards to go around. Will Fuller's had his day. Brennan Cooks has kind of found his groove in this offense, and he's starting to play really well. And David Johnson's still performing as well. So those are the guys you're looking to start for me. That team sucks, but that helps their fantasy value because they're going to give up plenty of points. The Jaguars, even with this new quarterback, should be able to score. And I'm, I got no concerns about starting anybody in this in this offense, I'm still starting them as I normally would. All right, that's fair. And then on the Jaguars side, um, <clears throat> I assume you're going to roll out um, James Robinson as usual. And then for the wide receiver core, are you starting any of these guys this week against the Texans offense? I'm starting DJ Chark. I know he had a bad week last week, but I don't want to miss out on potential boom week against the Houston Texans secondary. We've seen the potential in DJ Chark. He's had a game where he just finished under just 30 points. But he's had plenty of duds. I don't feel great about it, but I'm definitely starting him just because I don't want to miss out. The Jake okay. Boom game. Say it again, Rob? I said the Jake Luton Boom boom game. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Could it happen? We'll, we'll see what happens with him this week. Expecting a big run game. Um, next game I want to talk about is the Ravens at the Colts, both teams five and two going into week nine, um, for the Ravens, obviously we talked about Lamar Jackson last week in ascenders and descenders and how he just hasn't been performing to where he should be. Um, Rob, how do you see him performing this week against this Colts defense? And then for the running game, you know, you and I kind of talked earlier today about JK Dobbins. Um, so talk to me about that and if you think Lamar's play affects the wide receiver core moving forward as well. It's weird. So obviously I think it does because I, I had Hollywood Brown as a descender. Um, so I think that it hurts here, but I don't know what this game's going to be. Both these teams like to run and, and it's the number two rush defense versus the number seven rush defense on the season um, in terms of yards allowed. So I don't know. We I had Jonathan Taylor and Hollywood Brown from this game as descenders, so I don't know if this can be Jonathan Taylor, Wilkins, um, Naheem Hines sort of game. I think Naheem Hines could be huge here if the Colts are going to take anything from this game because um, they're going to have to get creative with the plays, and, and it's just a good Ravens defense. And then the same goes for um, the Ravens trying to score against the Colts. They have to be creative. They have to. J.K. Dobbins seems to be more likely to be used here um, because I do like him as a pass catcher a bit. Uh, so I think they have to be creative with here. So I think those two are going to see the most success of the running back core. I don't know if any of the wide receivers in this game are going to be very good value. Um, I just don't see, like, you know, they the Ravens are too split up. Willie Sneed finds the ball a lot. Marquise Brown finds it sometimes. Boykin, du- um, Duvernay's more of a the returner. But um, And then same goes with the Colts. I, there has been no standout um, Colts receiver, even with T.Y. Hilton coming back. Um, a bit and, and playing a little bit here and there from his injuries, but there's just been no standout. So I, I'm more excited for the pass catching running backs on this game than anything. A lot of COVID issues here too. I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys saw that, but Marlon Humphreys is going to be out for the Ravens as well as several linebackers, couple O line out on the Ravens as well. So something to monitor up until game time to see who's in and who's out. Yeah, I was I was actually just going to say the same thing. It's a game to monitor. Um, 
So definitely check your lineups as we get closer to game time. Next game I want to talk about is the Seahawks at the Bills. Um, Seahawks six and one, Bills six and two. Obviously, a lot of star power in this game. Uh, Russell Wilson, and then so Tyler, talk to me about Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett in this game against the Bills defense. You know, obviously started the season considered one of the better defenses. You know, kind of fluctuated with that as the season's gone along. Um, what are you expecting out of these three? And then for the Bills, really quickly, just tell me if you're going to roll any of their running backs. Um, and then obviously expecting a big day for Stefan Diggs. So I think with the Seattle players, they're basically matchup proof. They're so good. Russell Wilson's so good. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they're both top three wide receivers on the season, which is insane. I don't know if something like that has ever happened before. There's no way you're putting them on your bench. I think the Bills' defense is pretty good. They've underperformed this year. Last year, they were one of the top defenses, and they should look to get better as the season goes on, but not against Seattle. Chris Carson looking like he's going to play. It could be close, though. Definitely keep an eye on, but whoever starts, Travis Hormuz is healthy. DJ Dallas will play, so something to keep an eye on there. If Chris Carson plays, he's obviously in your lineup. And then for the Bills, Stefan Diggs should be a smash play this week. Yeah. Love to put him in every lineup, every every DraftKings lineup, FanDuel lineup, Daily Fantasy, you name it. And this could be a good game for Zach Moss as well. He could find the end zone. Josh Allen hopefully doesn't vulture all those rushing touchdowns from Zach Moss so we can look like Zach Moss is our actual ascender and then Josh Allen is our descender to make us look smart. But everybody should score in this game. That's how Seattle plays. Yeah, I agree. I think this is gonna. I think this is gonna be a really good game to watch. I'm excited to see um, what happens with the Bills' backfield. You know, I'm expecting another good game out of all the wide receivers. So, you know, I, I agree with everything you said there. Um, next game I want to look into is the Broncos at the Falcons. Um, three and four Broncos at the two and six Falcons. Um, <clears throat> we talked about Todd Gurley already earlier in the game, but Julio and Calvin Ridley, Rob. Um, obviously we. You are finding out Calvin really didn't practice today, so questionable to play this weekend. Um, but I assume you're just going to roll out as many receivers as you can against this Broncos defense. Um, certainly Russell Gage if Calvin doesn't play. And then for the Broncos side, uh, is Melvin Gordon going to be someone you're starting this week? And then who are you rolling for wide receivers? I'm uh, more excited about the pass catchers in both sides of this game. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a shoot, more of a shootout. A Drew Locks look good. Um, Tyler obviously had Noah Fant. So I'm not too concerned with, you know, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay um, sort of situation there. So it's tough. I don't know what they're going to make. I don't know what the Broncos are going to do because I think you have to think long term. They're not going to stick with Melvin Gordon, I, I wouldn't think. Um, so do you, do you get Philip Lindsay more involved? But it seems like anytime Philip Lindsay stepped up, they've kind of reeled his um, roll back. So I'm not really sure what to make of, of the um, running backs, and I'd kind of stay away from all of them in this game. I mean, Todd Gurley gets a touchdown usually every single game, um, as Tyler had mentioned. So, you know, this this week isn't his descending week, um, I don't think. So, you know, you could start him, but I'm, I'm not sure what to make of the Broncos' um, backfield week in and week out. So I'd, I'm more excited to start, you know, the pass catchers. I hope Jerry Judy actually has a good game because he's I think he's one of the most talented rookies that's kind of been suffering due to the fact that his QB was out for a very long time. Yeah, I agree. And then, obviously, Noah Fant in this game as well. Um, so, definitely will be an interesting game to watch. 
Next game I want to talk about is we'll start the afternoon slate is the Raiders at the Chargers. Raiders four and three at the Chargers two and five. Tyler, you obviously already kind of talked about Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Um, I guess tell me who you're rolling on the ground in this game. I mean, Justin Jackson seems to be the guy, obviously without Eckler back. And then for the Raiders, Josh Allen, or excuse me, Josh Jacobs, um, you are an owner of. And then are you going to roll Aguilar or Renfro, or what are you thinking for this game? I'm not quite willing to roll out Aguilar and Renfro because Aguilar had an absolute dud last week, zero points. But I think it was due to weather. But a guy like that who you got as a free agent, you need to see perform before you go ahead and start him. I think he's going to have a pretty decent game here. Renfro, PPR purposes in a deep league, he should have a good game as well. I'm still not quite willing to start him. And then on the for the Chargers running backs, you're starting Justin Jackson. No way you start Joshua Kelly and Troy Main Pope's just such a new name that you don't start. <laughs> Josh Kelly should be fine. I'm so excited for this game, though. This should be another pretty high-scoring game. I'm looking to see what uh, Justin Herbert has in him to see if uh, he can produce throw 100 yards to Mike Williams and a touchdown, and then 100 yards to Keenan Allen would be great. Yeah, I agree with you, especially on the ground game. I think, you know, Joshua Kelly's not really a factor here. Justin Jackson's certainly the guy until Eckler comes back. For the Raiders, um, excited to see if Josh Jacobs can make it happen this week. You know, I don't think he's kind of lived up to his his um, draft value, so we'll see if he can do that here. Um, next game I want to talk about is the Steelers at the Cowboys. Obviously, the Steelers undefeated 7-0 um, at the Cowboys, who are 2-6. and six. Um, You know, based on the state of things in the Cowboys offense and defense, Rob, I assume you're going to roll as many Steelers as you can. Um, Juju Deontay all the way down to Chase Claypool. I, I'm guessing you're going to roll them all out, but I'll let you tell me. And then for the Cowboys, you know, Zeke is kind of the only name you want to start on a weekly basis, but now he's going up against, you know, one of the best, if not the best defenses in the league. So kind of walk me through this game. Yeah, I think I'm even concerned at Zeke in a week like this. I mean, this game can get out of hand real quick. Um, the Steelers have looked like the best team in, in, in all of the NFL, in my opinion, um, at times. Have a very good offense. I think, yeah, you have to start all three wide receivers, even Chase Claypool, in a game like this against Cowboys, only because you just don't know who's going to go off. I mean, Deontay had a bad week last week, and, and but, you know, he could pop off all of a sudden. So I am staying away from everything that involves the Cowboys and, and loading up on everything involved the Steelers. It seems like one of the easiest games to call ever, which means it's probably not going to go that way. Yeah, uh, but but uh, even, like, down to James Conner, if the game gets out of hand early, he's... Obviously, he's just going to rack up yards and, and everything like that. So, yeah, there's no one I'm afraid to start. This is a week that even if you have, um, if you need a streamer quarterback, you get big, big, big Ben in there. So, it is all systems go on Steelers and stay away from everybody Cowboys. And I think you have to start Zeke if you own him because of who he is. But I really wouldn't even be confident of him having a good week. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago with his remaining schedule. Um having the Steelers in Philadelphia a couple times. So, I mean, he is Zeke. We'll see what he can do. Um, You know, obviously wish the best for him, but we'll see how he performs here. Next game I want to talk about is the Dolphins at the Cardinals. Dolphins four and three at the Cardinals five and two. Um, Obviously, Tua will be going into his second game starting. We found out Miles Gaskin will be out for three weeks. 
So assuming um, they brought in a new running back to the team whose name is evading my mind, but assuming Jordan Howard will get some work as well, Tyler. Um, and then for the Cardinals, obviously Chase Edmonds is going to be the guy to roll this week, probably t- top 10 potential with Kenyon Drake out against this defense. And then obviously DeAndre Hopkins is DeAndre Hopkins. So talk to me about this game and who you're going to roll out from the Dolphins and the Cardinals. So it's it's really too bad Gaskin was injured. This is a matchup that I was looking forward to completely. We'll move on from that, though. Matt Breida is also questionable for this game. I thought he'd be a good choice to get the uh, early down rushes, and then Jordan Howard would be the kind of power back, goal line back. But it's looking like Jordan Howard could get a lot of work in this game. I still don't feel comfortable because it's Jordan Howard. I don't know if I'm willing to start him yet. If you're desperate for running backs and just looking for a guy that's going to get touches, then sure, he's your guy. Dolphins pass catchers, this was another good matchup, but Tua didn't really throw the ball last week, so I have no idea what to expect out of this. I'm staying away from the Dolphins pass catchers, even though Devontae Parker had that one short touchdown last week. That was like his only catch. I don't know who Tua is going to throw to a lot. You can take a couple dart throws at these guys in daily fantasy, but... I'm not expecting a big game out of Tua, his second game in the NFL. I don't think he's going to throw for 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, nothing crazy like that. I don't think there's going to be a ton of yards to go around in this offense. And then the Cardinals, Chase Edmond is an absolute great pickup. If you picked him up as a free agent, this should be a great game for him. Dolphins are way better this year than they were last year, but they're still not the best defense by any means necessary. Obviously, firing up DeAndre Hopkins, expecting potential number one uh, wide receiver in fantasy this week. He's probably going to finish top three. Kyler is an amazing fantasy quarterback, and you can go, even go as far as starting Christian Kirk as well because Kyler has been feeding him red zone targets. Yeah, I agree, and I think for Kyler, um, this could be a big week for him on the ground as well. Obviously, we've kind of joked that he's the team's leading running back. Um, Cam Newton had uh, two rushing touchdowns against the Dolphins, and obviously Kyler is just as mobile of a quarterback, so definitely something to monitor this week. Now we'll talk about uh, Sunday night football. We'll see the Saints at the Buccaneers, Drew Brees and Tom Brady meeting up again. Um, the Saints 5-2 and two against the Buccaneers, 6-2 and two for the Saints. Um, I think they're expecting Michael Thomas back this week, and obviously you're going to be rolling out Alan Kamara. Emmanuel Sanders, still not sure on. And then for the Buccaneers, um, Rob, are you, what are you going to do between Fournette and Rojo? And then the wide receivers, obviously Chris Godwin's going to be out. So that leaves you – or Chris Godwin's still questionable, excuse me. So that leaves Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown should be seeing his first action this week as well. So kind of walk me through this game. This is one of the weirdest games because I think I, I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Sunday Night Football lights two high-powered offenses getting two high-powered wide receivers back this week. If Michael Thomas plays, if Antonio Brown plays a lot, you know they're both available for the week essentially as of now, um, as of time of recording. So it's one of the situations where I don't know what either, I think it's going to be high-scoring, but I wouldn't know who to start anyway because you know at times Scotty Miller's look good, Chris Godwin's look good, Mike Evans is still. An incredible player as much as we rag on him in fantasy because he doesn't get a lot of fantasy points he's an incredible player to have gronk has been super involved recently you know 
there's just so many options on that team, even Tyler Johnson getting catches. Like I just there's so much room and as Tom Brady loves spread it around that I just wouldn't know who to pick because I all Godwin I think is Godwin no matter what. Um if healthy, he's a he's a go. But with Evans being in the red zone targets losing losing those to Gronk, I wouldn't know. Gronk is really the only person I'd be starting here um at tight end because I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I think Brady's gonna have to find him. But you know, Brady brought Antonio Brown there for a reason. So if he plays at all, he might force him the ball, just similar to what he did when his first game for the Patriots as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Antonio Brown all of a sudden um, gets big numbers this week. Yeah, I I think that's fair, especially considering how much Tom Brady loves Antonio Brown. So it'll be exciting to see him get back into action and see what he can do to help the Buccaneers offense. Last game we'll talk about here, Monday Night Football. We'll see the Patriots at the Jets, another divisional game. Um, the Patriots... That was the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding. Um, the Patriots 2-5 and five at the Jets, who are 0-8 on the season. No wins for them yet. For the Patriots, obviously a lot of concern around Cam Newton and the wide receiver core. Um, Tyler, I'll just let you pick apart this game. Um, and then for the Jets offense, I mean – Jamison Crowder, probably good to go this week. Um, but outside of that, are you starting anyone on the Jets and then talking about the Patriots as well? There's no way I'm starting anyone on the Jets. And Crowder has had some decent days against the Pats, but I don't see it happening. The Pats strong suit the secondary. I don't think this is going to be a fun game to watch. No. I think it is just going to be an ugly-looking game. Jets aren't going to get anything going. All right. Yeah, the on game the Patriots target. side of the ball, I don't think they're going to be able to get the passing game going because they're just going to be running the ball, of the ball, of the ball. It would be a great game for Damian Harris. He crush all his over-unders. He should find the end zone a couple of times. And even Cam Newton should get going on the ball. But it's not going to be much passing. The Patriots should easily win this game. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be an ugly game as well. Um, I kind of made that joke, and I realized these two teams are playing. So, I mean, these are our hometown boys. Obviously, you want them to win and play well. So, you know, in Bill, we trust in Bill. So we'll see what happens moving forward. That will wrap up our game previews for this week. Um, I will now gladly hand over the stage to Tyler for our We Are Due picks for Week 9. Yes, sir. We are still due. We're going to keep saying we're due because we're due for a full sweep of every single pick that I got. Last week, I was an idiot. I parlayed everything. If you took my picks, you had a plus payout by a slim margin. The player props had good odds. We're going to bounce back this week. Make so much money. You guys are going to make so much money with me. My first pick, and I want to make it a lock, but I'm not quite ready yet. It's the Ravens minus half. It's the Colts. The only thing that's holding me back is all the COVID issues. Marlon Humphreys is going to be out. I don't think that's going to matter. Pass the ball. Marlon Humphreys would shut down T.Y. Hilton, but everybody's been shutting down T.Y. Hilton anyway. A lot of linebackers are out. A lot of defensive linemen are potentially out as well. So we just have to keep an eye on those. I'm jumping the gun. I'm taking the Ravens minus half before a bunch of guys get cleared. I think no matter what happens in this game, if all the guys turn out to have positive COVID tests, as long as Lamar Jackson plays in this game, he will take over. The, the Ravens will dominate this game. Moving on, the boring game that we just talked about. 
the Patriots seven. I'm taking them as well. A good rule of thumb is to always bet against the Jets. I don't need a lot more explanation. The Pats love beating the Jets. They'll just dummy them left and right. Pats are built to beat the Jets, but so is everyone else. Always bet against the Jets. Pats minus seven. And one more pick that I got. The Chiefs minus ten and a half against the Carolina Panthers. Solely because they love to run the scoreboard and boost my stat. We saw it last week. Twenty point more than twenty point cover against the New York Jets for me to take the Chiefs on a big spread. They didn't need to win that game by that much. They still came out throwing the ball. The Panthers are a way better team than the Jets. Chiefs are are the defending Super Bowl champions. The Panthers are not a playoff team. Chiefs take this one by more than ten and a half points. Another game I'm keeping an eye on though is the Steelers against the uh, Cowboys. They're minus fourteen right now. I don't feel super comfortable about that line, even though this should be an absolute domination for the Steelers. This is just one of those games I got a bad feeling about. I'm waiting to see if the line changes, and I might jump on them. And now for the player props, because I'm so good at fantasy, I'm so good at player props as well. I don't have the lines yet for DraftKings, but I am taking the over on Damian Harris rushing yards, whatever that may be. They haven't had him on the past couple of weeks. I've been looking every week to put an over on. Last week I was so excited, and they didn't have it. So it should be on this week after he just had a monster game, taking the over in yards for him to score. Another one is, we talked about Mike Evans. I had him as the descender. No more explanation needed. I'm taking the under yards. Another one that's hit almost every single week, Justin Herbert over passing yards. Again, I don't have the DraftKings yet. I'll be tweeting everything out. But I'm taking the over on that. And then another quarterback I got is a Josh Allen rushing. I think he's still the goal line back on that team. Seattle should get plenty of opportunity in the red zone. Goal line Josh Allen is finding the zone. My final pick already underway. Probably already hit for all I know. The ball probably just kicked off. And Kyle Huszczyk already scored. It is what it is. He's getting the end zone. Those are all my picks. All right. Thank you, Tyler. And that will do it for this episode. Uh, We want to thank you all for joining. As always, be sure to like and subscribe to us on all platforms. Until next time, we will see you on the next episode of the Fantasy Frenzy Podcast. See you. Peace out, fellas.
after joy dancer dancing on the people people dancing on the people i got people on the people people dancing on the people with the people on the people smoking co2 see me see you dancing on the people climb up on